Hi, I'm Mark Bud. And I'm Jair Briggs Davis. And we're from Mark and Jair Explain Sports. This is a tripod production. The following is a tripod production. Do not attempt to adjust your dial. Mark Bud and Jair Brooks Davis, two friends growing up in the Big Apple, two friends who became sports writers at the top of their craft. Mark, the assistant sports editor of Drexel University's The Triangle. Jair, the color commentator and reporter at Curry College. On their own, they give their own unique insights. However, together, Mark and Jair explain sports. Hey, welcome back to another episode of Mark and Jair Explain Sports. I'm your host, Jair Briggs Davis. And I'm Mark Bud. So, Mark, it is Super Bowl week. You know, you know the anticipation, you know the excitement that's going on. Uh, we're going to get into that. How, how are you feeling heading into the Super Bowl? You know, man, Jair, I'm, I'm super excited for the Super Bowl. I think it's going to be a great matchup. You know, there's a lot of storylines headed into it. A lot, Obviously, a lot of big names and Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady. So I couldn't ask for a better matchup. And I'm, I'm just super excited and I can't wait for the game to finally happen. You know, I hate that there's a two week layover, but you know, it's it, it does bring a lot of build up. So I'm excited for that. What are your thoughts, Jay? Are you excited for the game? Yeah, I'm, I'm highly excited for the game. I want to see what's going to happen with the Chiefs. Was it DeMar? I believe it was Demarcus Robinson. Actually, well, we, we should save that a little bit more for last, Mark. We're going to we're going to get more into that. I'm, I'm, I'm just really excited for the game. Tom Brady versus Patrick Mahomes. You know, as Shannon Sharp says, my homeboy. That, that is right. He does say that. Shout yeah. out to Shannon Sharp, by the way. That's our guy. Shout out to Rob Parker also. But we're but uh, we're going to get more into the NFL later on. I don't want to that, – that's – I mean, that has to be the best, and we have to say the best for last. Let's start out with Major League Baseball. Okay, yeah. Let's start it off with Major League Baseball. Let's start right – let's go right to uh, the, the news from last night. Uh, Jair, I feel like there's a bunch of scandals following your New York Mets. You know, obviously there was a good start to the offseason for the Mets. You know, you were excited to hear that Steve Cohen became the owner. They made a few moves. They traded for Lindor. But lately, my guy – it seems that you guys have been facing a lot of accusations. First, it was Jared Porter who got fired for sending a bunch of lewd texts to girls who didn't want it. And now, I think it's it's almost two weeks, a week and a half, two weeks later, while he's not working for the team, there's Mickey Calloway, the former manager for the New York Mets, who apparently over the last five years has sent a bunch of unwanted messages to at least five different women who came out and talked to the athletic. So, yeah, and, and it said that it included his time with the New York Mets. So, Jair, your thoughts, and are these allegations going to stop haunting the Mets? This is my thoughts. First off, Mark, when it comes down to Jared Porter, I mean, you cannot blame the Mets for that one. Not, a, not at all whatsoever. Jared Porter was with the Arizona Diamondbacks, I believe, before, right before the Mets and before the Diamondbacks. He was with the Chicago Cubs and how is Sandy Alderson and the front office supposed to know about what Jared Porter was doing on his own time when he was with previous teams and how were the Cubs owners or the Diamondbacks owners and the front office supposed to know about what Jared Porter was doing, you know, beforehand as for a situation like Mickey Callaway, I hated him as a manager. And I just, I mean, at first I liked him in 2018. I believe that's when that's the first season he was there. But then after that, after a short while, I hated him. Uh, as a manager, and now these things come out about Mickey Callaway. I mean, this one, 
I'm going to have to point it. I'm going to have to give it more to the Mets on this one because no, to give it more to them as in like, this is something that happened while Mickey Callaway was with the Mets and the Mets should have had a better grasp on this a little bit. Well, obviously a lot more at the same time, Mickey Callaway, he did have a history of, having it with reporters and getting into fights and arguments. I remember. Yeah, didn't he threaten to punch a guy in the face or something? I believe so. That I believe that was in Chicago. Or throw I, a chair at it or something like that. Something. I don't know if it was, I know he had something with a reporter. I don't know if it was a, if it was a man or a woman. And I think Jason Vargas ended up getting involved with the two. And I, and I read somewhere that Sandy Alderson allegedly knew like about Mickey Cowley from prior. That's why I say, you know what? I'm going to have to point this one a lot more to the Mets and like their handling of it because Mickey Cowley was there. And if Sandy Alderson knew about it and he knew something was up, then I, or I, I don't know. I don't remember exactly when Alderson came back. I forgot the timeline, but I'm going to point this more to the Mets. What, what's your take, Mark? Yeah, it just seems like allegations and chaos doesn't seem to uh, go away from your team, even when things seem to be going up they somehow come back down. But like I said, he isn't with the Mets right now, but I do think they need to release some kind of statement about it if he was, or like if they honestly didn't know anything about it, if they did, they should say something. But, you know, I think it's on the Angels right now because he's a coach with the Angels right now. So I'm assuming they're going to fire him. They probably should. Interestingly, though, there was reports that your boy Trevor Bauer would not go to the Angels because of Mickey Callaway's there and he used to be his former pitching coach. Seems like Mickey Callaway has problems with a lot of people. Mickey Callaway, I think that him as a manager, he was terrible. He definitely helped this, the, the, I'm saying the San Diego Padres. I meant the Cleveland Indians when he was there in their World Series appearance in 2016. I don't know about, I don't know specifically about the, the history of Trevor Bauer and Mickey Callaway. I have my opinions about both players individually. Uh, well, both both player and manager individually, Mm -hmm. that is. But, I I mean, a lot of Mets fans speculate that, hey, this heightens that if the Angels fire or probably when they will fire Mickey Galloway, Trevor Bauer could definitely consider them more. I totally agree, Jair. And, you know, going on to a brighter, a little bit of a brighter note in regards to MLB, there was, over the weekend, it was reported that the Colorado Rockies have traded away superstar Nolan Arenado to the St. Louis Cardinals and today the trade details actually came out and it turns out that the Cardinals didn't actually give up that much they gave up like four prospects and none of them are like super highly rated but Arenado can opt that after one year or two but he already said today he plans to stay in St. Louis for a long time so two questions what are your thoughts on the trade and do you think that the Cardinals are now a legitimate title contender? I mean the Cardinals are always a contender. I don't know about legitimate compared to a team like the Los Angeles Dodgers, the San Diego Padres, the Atlanta Braves. I actually, I don't want to say necessarily the New York Mets, but I'm going to go with the San Diego Padres, Los Angeles Dodgers. But in the, in the National League Central, they are definitely, I would say probably they're the best National League team in, in the Central. Even when they are not predicted to be like to go that deep, they are always gritty and they always find a way to make it to the postseason. Even this past season, they made it to, I think it was the wild card series against the San Diego Padres. What's your opinions, Mark? Yeah, I definitely think, like you said, the Cardinals are clearly a well-run organization. They're always, they're always in playoff contention or right around there. And they didn't win that too long ago. Um, so yeah, I think it's a great situation for someone like Arenado, who was on the team, like the Rockies, who aren't exactly committed to winning 
and trading away all these guys and signing to long-term contracts and trading them. So I think going from there to a place like St. Louis is a great situation for him. But let me also include this for the record, Mark. It's a good trade for Nolan Arenado to get away from the Colorado Rockies, even though playing in Colorado, you could definitely hit baseballs a lot further and all that kind of stuff with the altitude and what, and you know, you know, the, you know, the narrative that people say, right? Yeah. But in terms of winning, this is much better. You know, yeah. It's way, it's way better. And it's just, you know, I think that the Colorado Rockies are planning to keep Trevor Story this year. I, I'm, I'm not a hundred percent sure he could be a free after this year. I might be wrong. I believe so. But honestly, I wonder, who do you think has a higher chance of winning a World Series first, the Colorado Rockies or the New York Mets? The New York Mets or the Colorado Rockies? I guess I'd say the Mets. I mean, does, that, does that make you feel happy? Yeah, it makes me feel very, very happy, Mark. Okay, on, on another note. Yeah, so so you like the – so you, so who you think – obviously you think the the Rockies won the, the – not the Rockies, you think the Cardinals won the trade? I would say that the Cardinals did win the trade, but I think that Nolan Arenado won the trade himself okay very himself himself he, he won the trade who would you say won the trade well obviously yeah i think the cardinals and yeah i agree with you nolan arenado himself before we get into the break Jair, your thoughts on it being announced that the mlb season will start on time after the league originally decided tried to do tried to postpone the start but the players association wanted to start on time so it will be and your thoughts on that i think that it's that it's good that major league baseball will start on time i know that somewhere some people wanted it to be reduced like 154 games a lot of things are going on with the major league baseball season i'm i I just think that they should have the universal dh and i'm I'm a fan of you know the well actually i think that things could go back to normal as it was before with the national division series championship championship series and the world series and also the wild card game not the wild card series I think it could go back to normal to how it was before because they're going to have a real season, like or, or like more games, more than sixty games. What's your mm-hmm. opinion, Mark? Yeah, I, I think that I like how it's starting sooner, and I think just getting back to as normal as you can for the players, it's a lot better for them. Just get, you know, they're so used to, besides last year, um, having like that same start time and that same finish time. So to go back to, it, I think. You can't, it can't hurt at all. Yeah, no, yeah, no. I think it'll be. I think that Major League Baseball, it'll be good for pitchers and catchers to report when they're supposed to report. Uh, I think that it's going to be interesting to see, and I mean, it's going to be like the mad dash to see where a guy like Trevor Bauer is going to end up. He is the last, like, I, I think that he's like the last, like, main, like, high, big on free agent that's left out there. Unless, yeah, he, when he signs with the Mets, man, uh, I'm waiting for your reaction. Oh. Uh, Until then, we're going to take a quick break, and when we get back, we'll get into some NBA talk. Welcome back, guys. So, Mark, let's get into a little bit of some NBA action. So, LaMelo Ball. Yeah, man. You know, he so far, I mean, shout out to Anthony Edwards, who was the first pick this year. He's balling out, too. But LaMelo Ball is, looks like the real deal so, so far out of this entire draft class. And, you know, he had a triple-double this past weekend. And he he started last night, and he's just, he just looks really confident out there. He doesn't look like a rookie. And, you know, when, when you see that in someone's rookie year, it means they're only going to get better. So the fact that he's playing like this now, I'm, 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 I can definitely see him being a, an all-star very soon. And also, the Hornets – 
are not bad and they could make the playoffs this year. You know, Gordon Hayward's playing at a really high level. They have some people. They're not like a bad team. They have some decent pieces around, you know, LaMelo Ball and Gordon Hayward. Malik Monk, you know, scored 36 points last night. So, yeah, they're a team to watch out for, definitely, especially as the season goes on they get used to each other. I could definitely see them making – causing some trouble in the playoffs if they get there. But what I really want to talk about regarding NBA is my 76ers who have been on a tear as of late. They're now number one in the power rankings. They're number one in the Eastern Conference. And, you know, clearly the hiring of Doc Rivers was a great choice because he won Coach of the Month this year with a 15-6 record. And I have to give my sincere apologies to Tobias Harris because, you know, the first few games of the season, he wasn't playing well. He signed a big contract before last season, didn't play amazing last year. But yet again, his coach was Brett Brown, so can we blame him? And then, so this year he's showing up and he's playing at an all-star level right now. And he could very likely be selected to an all-star team. You know, he had that game-winning shot against the Lakers this past Thursday, I believe it was. And, you know, I'm just super excited about the Sixers and their whole vibe right now. Jair, your thoughts? You're right. I mean, the Philadelphia 76ers. It feels great to hear you say that, Jair. You're right. Those are great words. I mean, like, you know, your Philadelphia 76ers, they're number one in the Eastern Conference, number one in the power rankings. Got to give them a lot of credit. Tobias Harris, he is playing at an exceptional level. He's averaging about 20.3 points per game, somewhere in that range in an Eastern conference right now with, you know, Milwaukee, Milwaukee's 12 and eight. That's yeah. Maybe Giannis might be rethinking his decision to commit there. Yeah. Like, honestly, like if I were him, I would have tested out that free agency market. And, and also the Boston Celtics are 10 and eight Boston Celtics are 10 and eight Milwaukee's 12 and eight Brooklyn's 13 and nine, but you know, it also has to do with the trade. I mean, like this is like, you know, some of the losses came like, you know, before the trade, but you know, still though, it's, it's just, it's a, I think that it's still a very weak Eastern conference to be highly honest with you, Mark. Really? You it think is, it's weak? Weak. It's weak or it's just like, you know, maybe the town level isn't like really where it, I mean, it doesn't make sense. Cause you have guys like Russell Westbrook now in the, although he, he, he had his, his game the other day against the Nets. I mean, I, okay, maybe not, maybe weak is the wrong word for it. I have to think of a different word for it, but think about this, you know. Although I, I got to disagree with you because, you know, you got the Knicks playing better now. You got the Hornets looking better now. Mark, all seeds from six through from six through eight are either at 0.500 or a little bit under 500. Well, that's better than last year. Yeah, it's yeah, that's true, but but back to the to the Philadelphia 76ers, you know, Doc Rivers, he you know, I have to give him credit for the way of how he's been coaching the 76ers. Joel Embiid, a lot of people are making the case that he should be the MVP. That's, um, that's my pick right now. He, he's averaging 28.3 points per game with a with a little over 11 rebounds a game that he's averaging and one point and little over one block a game. He's doing he's playing exceptionally well and he's being a team leader. Having a guy like in a shooter like Seth Curry um shake milton is he's doing his thing too along with ben simmons so danny green well danny green's gonna be danny green a lot of people gave him crap for what he did in the playoffs last year but hey hey i'll take his experience over al horford thank you very much why did you all get al horford that one confuses me that was terrible Uh, that was uh elton brand's decision and you know clearly it wasn't a good decision because we traded him after one year we basically gave him to the thunder in a draft pick and we got Danny Green's contract, which I'm not 
disappointed with at all. You know, yeah. Danny Green has his struggles, but then he'll occasionally have that game where he hits like nine or ten threes and wins us the game. So, I, I to, well, before we move on to the Nets, I will have to say Danny Green is a very nice guy. I actually once ran in, ran into him in Penn Station. I'm I'm kind of jealous. I mean, it's cool. It's Danny Green. He, he's taller than I thought he would have been. Yeah, but he's a 6'8", dude. He really is, though. They, I, I thought he was listed at 6'6", six, six, but like... He's a now, Long Island native, man. He's a Long, Long Island, Island, along with Tobias Harris, too. Yeah, we got the Long Island team. But let's get into the Brooklyn Nets. The Nets right now, they're rated very bad defensively. Yeah, actually, sorry to cut you off, but since the trade that they made with the Rockets, they're both at 6-3. and three. And the Rockets, by the way, shout out to the Rockets because and, and their coach, Steven Silas, because he clearly is a good coach. I don't know, Harden, yeah, he wanted to leave, but I think it was a good decision for the Rockets to trade him because they're 6-3 and three since the trade, and they have the best defensive rating in the league, and the Nets have the worst defensive rating in the league since that trade. Jair, sorry to cut you off. What are your thoughts? When it, come, when it came down to the trade for the Houston Rockets, in, their, in respects to them, you know, well, you had a guy like John Wall who was who was rehabbing. You add DeMarcus Cousins to that team. Well, I mean, and then you still had James Harden. I mean, James Harden, I feel he just did not want to be there. Clearly. There. Oh, yeah, and don't forget about Christian Wood and what he's becoming within himself. Christian Wood is averaging 23.3 points per game, and honestly, he should be an all-star, I'd say, about Christian Wood. With the trade and a guy like Victor Oladipo coming <laughs> over to the Houston Rockets, I mean, don't sleep on what Victor Oladipo was before the injury. I think that when Victor Oladipo was with the Pacers, obviously, you know, when he was injured, it took like, you know, they had to go another route and look to a guy like a Miles Turner or DeMontis Sabonis or Malcolm Brogdon to become that big leader focal point of the team. And that took away from Victor Oladipo as he was also rehabbing. So it's good to see what Victor Oladipo is doing in Houston. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you, Jair. And I also think want to give a shout out to John Wall because I, I clearly think he's better than um, Russell Westbrook. You know, he gets into oh, a lot, but I think he's he's more efficient, he's quicker, and he plays better defense, I believe. But um, yeah, so the Nets they definitely need some help. I mean, their offense is obviously really impressive, but their defense is like god awful. And DeAndre Jordan is not very good. No offense to him, but you know, I wouldn't want him as my starting center. I'd much rather have Jared Allen right now. I think that the what Nets it, messed up by trading Jared Allen. And t- I don't know if there's any way they could have done the trade without trading those two, but imagine if they had Jared Allen and Torian Prince with this team. It would help a lot. Well, can I, can I add this, Mark? When the Nets signed Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, I thought to myself, why would you add DeAndre Jordan when Jared Allen just played very well in playoffs. Well, apparently they're good friends with him, so they wanted him to come along. I, I get it, but honestly, though, I felt like the money that was used on DeAndre Jordan could have been used on some bench pieces. Yeah, you could, you could have added, like, I think he's making $10 million a year. You could have had two guys for $5 million a year. Yeah. Production. Yeah, I thought that was horrible. And they also did a really – the Nets made a huge mistake by getting rid of Garrett Temple this year because he's having a great year for, for the Bulls, and he plays some good defense. But Jair, before – we go to our last break. It's a very interesting weekend for me and you. You know, you going to Hofstra right now, me going to Drexel. They're actually playing each other this weekend. So, you know, I guess we can't be friends this weekend. It's going to be awkward. I don't know. How do you feel about it? 
I mean, you know that you and I were on the opposite sides for this upcoming weekend, obviously. And uh, hey, Mark, uh, can I just add something to you real quick? Yeah, was there breaking news or something? Uh, it's breaking news. The Angels have suspended pitching coach Mickey Calloway pending their investigation with MLB. Why would they just fi- Well, I guess, okay, they're, they're seeing what ha- happened. All right, fair enough. Yeah. Suspended yeah. him. Yeah. I, I, I thought think- you were going to say Trevor Bauer signs with the Mets. Oh, no, 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 no. I would have probably screamed. I would have said, I would have said, Mark, 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 you know, guess what just happened? Like, no, but Trevor Bauer signed with the Mets. But uh, yeah, no, Drexel versus Hofstra this upcoming weekend in basketball is going to be very interesting. We're on the opposite sides. You know, shout out to Yoni. Yoni and I, we discussed uh, Hofstra basketball versus Drexel basketball when they're going to play each other. So that should be a very interesting matchup. We'll definitely talk about the results in our episode next week. But Mark, that's going to take us into our next r- upcoming rivalry for this weekend. The NFL. Yes, sir. So after the break, you know, obviously the elephant in the room is the Chiefs playing the Buccaneers in this year's Super Bowl. Jair is rooting for the Chiefs and I'm rooting for the Buccaneers. So it should be a very interesting weekend. So stick around. We'll be right back to talk some football. So our last topic of the, of the day and the biggest highlight of this week is the NFL. So Mark, what is going on with the Super Bowl? How are you feeling about it? Well, like I said before we got into the break, I'm obviously super excited. I think it's a very intriguing matchup. You know, you have as many, I'll call him the GOAT, Tom Brady. He's won the most, more Super Bowls than anybody, been in more Super Bowls than anybody. He's six-time Super Bowl winner. He goes He's been, he was on the Patriots, I believe, for 20 years, goes, switches this offseason to the Buccaneers, and immediately they're in the Super Bowl. If that doesn't tell you, like, about the kind of player he is, then I don't know what to tell you. And then you get Patrick Mahomes, a young and upcoming player who's already cemented himself as the best quarterback in the league currently. And he's a superstar, already won a Super Bowl himself, making his second straight Super Bowl appearance to win back to back. He has the chance to win back to back Super Bowls. So, you know, and you got guys on the Chiefs like Tyreek Hill, who's like lightning fast. So it's, it's going to be a very entertaining game. And you got Mike Evans on the, the Buccaneers. You obviously have Gronkowski who's entertaining himself. You know, you already have guys on the Buccaneers like Jason Pierre-Paul talking about how he doesn't even know who the who the Chiefs offensive lineman is. They're going back and forth. I think it's going to be entertaining. I'm definitely really excited. And I think it's going to be a great game. I think that this isn't a popular opinion, but I think the Buccaneers are going to win just because Brady has a little bit more of an edge against Mahomes as far as experience and playing in these games. But, you know, obviously I wouldn't be surprised if, if the, if the Bucs lose to the Chiefs because the Chiefs are a great team and sometimes their offense, just people can't catch up with them. And, you know, that that's happened in the Chiefs past few. The Bills can't explain that to you, how they couldn't keep up with the Chiefs offense. So, yeah, I'm just super excited for this matchup. I'm hoping that the Bucks pull it off. Jair, what are your thoughts? It's going to be interesting to see whether to see what's going to happen to Demarcus Robinson and Daniel Kilgore for the Kansas City Chiefs because apparently they went to go get haircuts from a bar from a barber who tested positive for COVID. I think that there's that they could still be in good shape with guys like Tyree Kill. Obviously, um, it's going to be interesting to see if Sammy Watkins is, is going to play and all those other receivers. Also, also Travis Kelsey, Travis Kelsey, and McCole Hardman. Uh, Jay, I, I'm surprised you haven't given a shout out to McCole Hardman yet. I like McCole Hardman. I mean, it's just interesting. He's he was born the same year that you and I were born, and he's only 22 years old. So. 
Yeah, he's only 22. I I, I just like McCole Hardman. He just he just seems like a cool dude. Uh, he does seem like a cool guy. He, he just seems like, but yeah, no, it's gonna be it's gonna be a very good game. Tom Brady and and Patrick Mahomes they faced off with each other a couple years ago. They've actually met four times and they're they've each won twice. So this is the fifth time. No, no, I'm talking about playoffs. Playoffs. Oh, okay. I'm just saying in total they've they're tied. Yeah, but but I've seen, but you know they they've matched up against each other um, in the playoffs before. Can't uh, and, Pat, and Patrick Mahomes, he has definitely gained experience. This is going to be an, be the ultimate test for him to see if he can go back to back. But I say that this is going to be a game where you know Bruce Arians is going to have to definitely look out for receivers like Rob Gronkowski, potentially Antonio Brown, Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, all those other guys. So it's going to be definitely a battle. So I forget about Scotty Miller. Scotty Miller, the defense is going to have to for the Chiefs is going to have to be outstanding, and you know you cannot make a mistake. Well, you, you could say that, but I can also say that for the Bucks. You know, last time these two teams faced this season, the Chiefs did win, and Tyreek Hill had 210 receiving yards. So if that happens again, there's no way that the Bucks can beat. Like they they need to find a way. There's now I don't think they they can. I think that Tyreek Hill will. Get some. Obviously, he's going to get targets in this game, and he's going to get some yards. But you can't let him get 200 again, and just think that you're going to be able to keep up with them. That's when they start blowing teams out. When Tyree Kill starts running around the entire field, that's when it starts getting really messy real quick. Do you think that Sammy Watkins is going to be is going to be playing in the Super Bowl? Do you think that he's going? To yeah, play? I do. I just think that how many opportunities do you actually get to play in the Super Bowl? He doesn't. He might. He's probably not even going to be on the Chiefs next year because he's a free agent. Chiefs don't have a ton of cap space. So, yeah, I, I do think he'll play. And I, I think that Antonio Brown and those guys will play as well. It's always going to be interesting to see, the, like, you know, Le'Veon Bell being a, a being a part of the Kansas City Chiefs. And You know, disrespect to Le'Veon Bell, but he hasn't exactly made a big difference since he's joined the team. So I don't know if they're going to miss him that much. True. It's harsh words, but it had to be said. I think Armand will appreciate that. Uh, Mark, can I ask you this question? Because yeah. I, I spoke about this. I want to give a quick shout out to my cousin Kendall Frost, but he said that he feels like the Chiefs aren't as strong as they were last year. Do you uh, agree with that statement, Mark? Uh, Especially, I, the- I don't agree with that statement. I think they're better than last year. Record-wise, they are better than last year. But yeah, you- Patrick Mahomes actually had a better year this year than last year. But do you feel, and you're, and I'm not here bashing, you know, Kendall. I'm, I'm no, just- no, Kendall. I got to disagree with you on that one, buddy. Yeah, I'm, I'm just I'm just wondering, Mark, do you feel I mean, record wise, the Kansas City Chiefs are better than last season. But do you think that because of COVID throughout the NFL and, and things just going on, do you feel like the Chiefs are just not as strong or like they played weaker opponents or something like that? No, I, I don't think it. I mean, COVID obviously affected everyone in the league. So everyone's had to deal with it. But, you know, I think once you get into the Super Bowl right now, both these teams have two weeks to pl- two weeks to prepare they are going to have 25,000 fans at the game. So it's going to be semi-normal compared to the rest of the season. So I think it's actually going to help these guys to have that many people in the stadium because, like, who doesn't want fans? I'm excited, first of all, to hear those. That's a lot of fans compared to what we're used to. Yeah, so I'm excited about that. And I do think that – but I do think that the Chiefs' defense has gotten remarkably better, you know, since last year. They they had a luxurious sneed in in the – in the draft this past year, and he's played really a very important role as their safety. So I think their defense has actually gotten better than last year. So I don't agree with what your cousin said. Now, I mean, I'm not going to go back and forth like, you know, that I'm just asking you from your perspective. Do you feel like the Chiefs like coasted a little bit this year? 
just so that they could get to the the playoffs. Yeah, I do. What, what do you mean by like, co- like you think they like didn't play as hard as they could have? Sort of like that. I think they had an easy route to the play to the Super Bowl. If that's what you're asking for sure. I mean, the game against the Browns was close. The Patrick Mahomes got hurt, and then they played the Bills. I don't think they've been tested really. I think the only time they were tested actually was when they played. Well, they lost to the Raiders. But the game against the Buccaneers, they won, but it was close. They did get tested. Okay, the mark. I'm, I'm just asking you. I was just asking you for your opinions and your personal opinions. But it's definitely going to be a very good game. I'm excited to see it. So, Mark, you have some other things that, that are that are Super Bowl. Yes, I do. So, Jair, I have a question for you. I don't know who these people are, but singing the national anthem this year for the Super Bowl is Eric Church and Jasmine Sullivan. To give you a reference, I'm asking my question for you is how long do you think the anthem will last this year? Last year, Demi Lovato did it, which is one only one person, and it was one minute and 50 seconds. So I know a lot of people are going to bet on this. How long do you think the anthem is going to be? What is your prediction? I'm, I'm going to go with two minutes and 15 seconds around there. I, I like that's a very good bet. I'm, I'm going to go with 210, two minutes and 10 seconds. So let's see who will win that. But, We're going to have to keep an eye on who, who, who wins that between me and you. Well, Mark, actually, maybe I'm going to put mine more up. Oh, you can't change your answer. No, 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 no. I, I just remembered that there's two people. Singing. Yeah, that's what the, yeah, exactly. Two people. That's a duet, Mark. They're they're going to definitely take their time and like you know pass it off to one another. I think that this is actually going to be like two minutes thirty. All right, so now I'm going to my number. I'm just going to yeah, go. I'm going to go two 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 twenty two minutes twenty seconds. So Jair, what are your predictions for? We know who you want to win, but what are your predictions for the game and what's your final score? I think it's going to have to be a final score of like you know twenty seven to thirty three or something like that. It, it's in favor of who? In favor of Kansas City. I'm rooting for Kansas. It's a very City. low scoring game. I mean, not not very, but like I think I'm it's going to be very humble about what Tom Brady and the Buccaneers can do. You know, when the last time Brady was in the Super Bowl against the Eagles, the final score was 41 to 38. So Brady obviously scores a lot of points in Super Bowls. He throws a lot of yards. I'm going to go 38, 35 Buccaneers. But also at the same time, Mark, I, I watched that Super Bowl. Do you remember the Nelt? Do you remember? Uh, do you remember? Nelson oh, I'm sorry. Had- it was 41 33 Eagles over the Patriots, not 41 38. I should know that, but yeah. Do you remember Nelson Aguilar's uh, catch, but then he bobbled it, and then it was a turnover on him? Yeah. That was a major turning point of the game, I feel. But we still won. Yeah, you all still won, but it was still a a point in the game where I feel that the Patriots definitely had it, like, you know, got back into the game and made it very close. I I mean, if if he didn't have the turnover there and bobbled it, I feel like it would have been more than a one-possession win. I think it's – the key to the game is will the Kansas City Chiefs be able to get pressure on Tom Brady? If they do, then the Chiefs will probably win because as you've seen the Super Bowls that Brady's lost, like against the Giants, the Giants were able to get pressure on Brady. And it should be noted that the Kansas City Chiefs defensive coordinator was the defensive coordinator for the Giants when they beat Brady. So he clearly has played in Brady had played against Brady in the Super Bowl and knows how to coach against him. So it's a very important factor. But Jair, we have some very, before we end the show, we're going to get into our segments. So first, let's talk about your loser of the week. My loser of the week, as of right now, that woman that chose to go at it with LeBron James. She's got to be the funniest one of the week. 
I think you, you killed that one, man. We, we, we were going to talk about that, the funniest one of the week. But, I mean, you could be a loser, and, and it could be and it could be funny. All right, why is she your loser? I think she's a winner. She got so much attention. You know, it's just like, imagine, like, trash-talking LeBron James. Like, honestly, I, I couldn't trash-talk LeBron James. If I, if I sat courtside at a basketball game, I would try to say, hi, LeBron, how are you doing, man? I'm just so glad just to be here. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think it's different, like, when you, like, are a fan of a different team. But, you know, it's very interesting. My, my loser of the week would have to be the Mets because, you know, they keep getting bad into the news. They keep getting brought up into the news, and I think that makes them the loser. Like, they can't do something positive and then be a loser. They can't do something positive and then not have something bad come around. Another, another loser is actually Mickey Calloway. Yeah, that's who I thought you were going to say. Yeah, well, actually, Mark, can I change my loser of the week? Yeah, you can change your loser of the week. Mark, Mark Mickey Calloway has to be my loser of the week. It's just bad. There's just, like, like you could look up, you could research Mickey Calloway. You could see things, you could see certain things about him. It's just, you know, I don't want to go into too much of his personal life, but it's just like, that's just, that's really, you know, ugh, brutal. Yeah, I, I agree. But all right, as Jair mentioned earlier, my, my funniest moment of the week was what happened last night with LeBron James and the fan at the game. Her name is Juliana Carlos. So during the game, her and LeBron started going back and forth. Apparently, her husband, who goes by Daddy Carlos on Instagram, has a history of beef with LeBron. Apparently, he just doesn't like him, and he goes to a lot of Hawks games. So I think LeBron probably remembers him. They were going back at it, and then his wife got involved, and she and LeBron started going at it. And it was very entertaining to see because, you know, we haven't really had many fan interactions with the COVID going on. And they decided to kick her out of the game, which I get why they did, because her mask came off. You should not have your mask off unless you're eating or drinking, and she wasn't doing either. LeBron was actually pretty cool about the whole situation after saying, I, I, I don't think they should have been kicked out. I miss those interactions. I mean, I think everybody got – it turned out well for everybody. She gained, like, 40,000 Instagram followers from this. She got some fame, like 15 minutes of fame, and LeBron just took the high road as usual. So, and I just think the whole situation is funny. I'm going to have to agree with you on that one, Mark. And it's just, I saw what you're talking about in terms of Daddy Carlos. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> it's his Instagram name. It's a very interesting choice. Yeah, I respect it. He, he captioned it like, I don't think that this fan likes, like this guy likes me a lot or something. I don't know. Yeah, and he's clearly much older than her. A lot of people had a lot to say about that aspect. You oh, know. oh the, the comments were brutal, Mark. I just saw a guy say some things like, like, you know, you must be enjoying the money that you're getting out of this guy. Yeah, and LeBron called her um, Karen, right? Screaming Karen. What, what do you say? Courtside Karen. They, Courtside Karen. Yeah, courtside hilarious. Karen. So you, clearly he's having some fun with it. So I think the whole situation was very funny and entertaining. I could see down the line, like, her posting a picture with LeBron and her husband and, and just saying, we still hate this guy. See, I just see a tweet said, LeBron on how courtside Karen was very, very lucky that his wife Savannah wasn't in attendance because she would have had, because she would have gotten dog walked. It's just, it's just hilarious. Yeah, I saw, like, I think, like, she said things. I, I even think that, uh, what, what's, what's courtside Karen's real name? 
Courtside Karen's real name. What's your name again? Uh, Juliana Carlos. Juliana Carlos. I think like even. And then Courtside, don't forget it. You can't forget about Daddy Carlos either. Juliana Carlos. I, I I keep on calling her Courtside Karen. That's her name. I keep on calling her Courtside Karen. She said something. She said she just posted this a few minutes ago. She said, you know, my husband is a huge sports fan and we're passionate people. And let's be real, sports wouldn't be sports without a little trash talking. Which yeah, she's yeah. LeBron said that. LeBron didn't say like they're bad people or anything. He just what said she probably shouldn't have taken her mask off. What should have been a quick back and forth between two adults got out of hand, and my natural instinct to stand up for the man I love kicked in. Did I get defensive when that happened? Yes. Did I use offensive language when I could have taken the higher the higher road? Yes. And for these things, I take full responsibility. She acknowledged that she was wrong. I mean, fan fans and players they do go back at it. Do you think that? Do you think that what Daddy Carlos did was wrong? No, I, I think that LeBron was actually enjoying the whole thing. He didn't say that they like completely offended him. He just said they were trash talking. I mean, that's what it sounds like to me. I just <laughs> I just think the funniest part of the whole thing is Daddy Carlos. <laughs> what kind of name is Daddy Carlos? <laughs> like, just, I mean, the whole thing is really interesting. But all right, we got to move on. We can't talk about Daddy Carlos the whole show. So, Jair, who's your Daddy star Carlos of the week? Daddy Carlos and Karen. I'm sorry, repeat the question again, Mark. Who's your star of the week? The name like Daddy Carlos, he might have to be my star. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I don't know. Like, uh, my star of the week. I mean, I'm gonna have to. I might honestly have to go with Malik Monk for dropping 36, yeah. 34 off the bench. Even though Lamelo Ball played pretty well in, in the starting lineup. That's a that's a really good point. You know, shout out to Malik Monk. You know, so, he, he hopefully his game continues to ascend. But my start of the week would have to be Tobias Harris, you know, getting stuff done last week, hitting the game winners, you know, cementing himself as a key core of the Sixers offense and that he's not, that he doesn't deserve that one $180 million contract. If he continues to play like this and he clearly does deserve that contract. And if he makes his way to an all-star, you know, I'm happy for him and I'm, I'm happy for me because, you know, I'm a Sixers fan. Now we had we just have to wait, Jair, till Sunday. Maybe before Sunday, we'll get some more Daddy Carlos updates. You know, he's he's on private on Instagram. I requested him just to see what he's all about. But you know, until then, I'm just gonna have to wait for him to for Daddy Carlos to accept my follow request. Daddy Carlos and crazy. I mean, courtside Karen. Courtside Karen. I just feel like. I mean, do you feel like the world is coming down a little bit too hard on on her? I don't know. Like, I'm, I'm sure she wants to get a reality show out of this or something. Yeah, maybe she does. That'd be, that'd be a lot. But, you know, she did gain, like, 40,000 Instagram followers. So. Yeah, no, I checked her Instagram. I was like, there's no way on earth that, like, literally she just gained 40,000 followers. Like, I've seen her profile. I was like, did she just, like, did she just get all this attention? Yeah, last time I looked at her, <laughs> last time I looked it up and she had, like, because I wanted to see what her instagram story was she had like fifteen thousand followers now she has 60 that's the lebron effect i literally just refreshed my page she just had six point sixty one point six like 30 seconds ago now she's at 61.7 soon she could be at 61.8 yes i'm sure by the end of the night she'll be at seventy thousand. this is gonna be interesting anyways mark thank you so much dude yeah absolutely so jair next week should be an exciting episode shout out to tay on the track as usual for the beat i'm looking forward to talking next week and shout out to our boy joey for hooking us up with our new logo definitely all right peace out
To listen to more Tripod Productions, go to thetriangle.org slash podcasts.